minute sets and four minute critiques from everyone get positive by host Pam Benjamin pump those dick jokes every Thursday 7 to 9 with true hustle Thursdays hashtag THC that's hashtag THC you want more open mics Fridays 6 to 8 happy hour with guest host and George D Smith Pew, pew, pew! Four open mics every week at Mutiny Radio, brother! Asiento. Come in after work and take a seat at Asiento. A great place. When it's Wednesday, and you hear the trippy music, you know what time it is. It's time for maybe your second favorite podcast. Some call me Tim. I always jump the gun on that crazy weird sound. You'd think that by doing this podcast for over two years that I'd know the timing on when that trippy music comes out. But nay, I do not. Uh, my special guest today here on Some Call Me Tim is Devorah Kazdan. Hi. Hi. Awesome. Some Call Me Tim. I'm your host, Pam Benjamin. This is a show where we talk about what people believe in, what they believed in in the past, things that keep them alive right now. Uh, there are other uh, religion uh, experiences, bias, all that stuff. Usually what you do is he's, we kind of put baby in a corner today, but Jesus is over there. Picture a sparkle Jesus. I'd like you to look deep into the eyes of sparkle Jesus. And I ask you, do you believe in Jesus? <laughs> um, I think so. I mean, that- so people will usually say, I believe that he's a concept. Like, so two weeks ago I had a a Baptist preacher and he said yes Jesus existed he was a man who walked the earth he was also the son of God and he prophesied to people and told us the truth and some people say you know it's an allegorical idea that's come through different religious texts and some people are like fuck Jesus so where are you on the spectrum I feel like I'm in between believing that he exists and believing that he's a concept so I feel like I'm also just in a period of transition right now Um, yeah but religion has always been like a big part of my life so I'm excited to be here do you when you were a child or or maybe you still do talk to Jesus like with the praying and the Jesus you're in my heart and I'm thinking about you and I want your guidance on these things so I pray to God um, and I'll like end my prayers like in Jesus's name or in Yeshua's name because mm-hmm. I was raised as a Messianic Jew. So that's like kind of how I was raised with like we always said the Hebrew name of Jesus. Sure. Um, right now it seems like it's more out of habit. Like I'm I guess I would believe in Jesus like personally for me, but I don't necessarily think that it's like but what absolute. Is it, what does he personally everybody. do for you? You feel like you you say for you it works because what is what is the concept or the having 
Jesus be a part of your life, what is that? How does what exactly does that make work for you? Um, I think a big part of it is like acknowledgement of like darkness and evil in the world. <gasps> really? Yeah. I think that's a big part of it because I mean, I'm like curious about like new age religions or like I'm studying Buddhism right now, but I don't know. I can tend to be believe in darkness. You believe, you believe, (laughs) do you believe that there's specific darknesses that come after us like demons and things? There are specifically evil forces trying to bring down the goodness inside us. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. So like demons, like, but I don't, well, yeah, but I don't believe in, like, exorcist demons or, like, as it's portrayed huh. in, like, movies. But I do think there's, like, forces of evil. Forces of evil. Because how else could humanity get turned to do something horrific? I'm trying to get in your mindset of, like, so there has to be evil because Jeffrey Dahmer ate little boy penises. Right? Like, to be able to chop off something, like, serial killers that are, and that's called sadistic for a reason. But is it, and you have to think, well, where did that evil come from that something terrible happened to them? Well, that terrible thing was evil, and where did that evil thing come from? Yeah, I mean, I absolutely, like, believe in free will. Like, I don't, I don't want to fall into the trap of, like, oh, like, people who do evil things are possessed. Okay. But there's an, there's an evil that persists and then makes us do... I mean, there, if people get molested as children, oftentimes, they, if they all of a sudden they're a serial killer, you're not like, oh, I, gee, I wonder where that came from. Yeah. So, but that's the question. Do you have free choice? If we're, if we're a collection of all of our experiences and some of our experiences have been evil, how does one counteract that by, I mean, I guess, is that the Jesus component? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it helps me personally. I used to be much more, like, evangelistic about it. Like, I would try to talk to lots of people about Jesus, but I just realized, I don't know, I think it's, like, a personal choice, and... I feel like I'm going to start sounding like a crazy person. No, 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 no. I'm the, the, yeah. the whole point is not to, I mean, the, the point of the show is to be like, this is what I believe and this is why I believe it. Because like, I'm, I like, I never think about evil. Like, I never think about really? evil. Really? No, I mean, when I walk down the street and I, that I live in the Tenderloin and, you know, there was a person, it's a weird time of the month because it's the beginning of the month. So people have just kind of gotten their checks and things have been kind of weird. But like, when people are sort of screaming or saying weird things or doing all these crazy drugs or being not having a place to live and like is it evil that I walk by that every day and don't do anything about it maybe but I don't I don't I also don't think like drugs are evil and they're doing drugs I mean I don't know I think I just maybe I ignore the concept of evil yeah I mean I think like religious people can fall to a trap of like black and white thinking like this is absolutely evil like for example I like there was a point in my life for a few years where I thought smoking weed was a sin really yeah so I like stopped and then like when I smoked weed again I was like oh my gosh is this a sin so it's 
I don't know. It's just interesting, like, how religion affects people. I do, I mean, I still believe that there are, like, evil forces or that evil exists. I was so religious when I was in high school that I thought abortion was bad. Yeah. And now I'm like, women's health is a human right and the choice to be able to procreate even even if you shouldn't be if you if you know that you shouldn't have a baby and then you have to that can be even worse that can be even more evil because if you don't want a baby and then suddenly you have to raise a baby you don't like like you're not gonna be a cool mom (laughs) so that's why I was but it's it's get things get so rough but when I was when I was severely severely religious I was like one of the people that would like pick it against it with like pictures of dead babies and be like look what you're doing to your child every child is a, has a soul and now I'm like nah, I don't think they have souls I, uh, is, this all, is this everything we have souls like ah. how could we have souls if there's so many people now like when Jesus' time there weren't as many people and now we have like billions and billions of people where did all those souls come from you know, I've never actually thought of that particular. <laughs> like, I mean, I think we all have souls and I've like, you know, I've obviously thought about like abortion and I'm like, at what point does a soul enter a baby? Like, I right. have no idea how I... to answer that question. But I mean, I, I believe we all have souls. Like, I don't think just because there's billions of us that there's some sort of like limit. Uh, right. Okay. I don't know. But I've been studying Buddhism recently and I never thought I would be even open to the idea of like reincarnation actually scratch that I still don't think I'm open to that concept but I think like what's attracting me more about Buddhism is like the connection of consciousness Uh like I think we're all a lot more connected than we realize absolutely and I think sometimes like so we're each individuals and have responsibility and free will like I still believe that but I also think we're like we're all made of the same stuff yes and that's in the bible too but I think like Buddhism touches on that more that like our conscious well and that consciousness comes from humanity or but are cats conscious I feel like my cat's pretty fucking conscious like That was another. That was another reason I got had a problem with Christianity. Is they told me in fifth grade that um, cats and dogs don't go to heaven, and they were like, "Nope, just people." They're like, the cat, "Dogs and cats don't have consciousness. They don't have free will and enough choice." God, does, and I'm, they basically were like, "They're just here to serve us while we're here." That's yeah, why we, that's very arbitrary, <laughs> right? So, anyway, I was like, "Ah, I love my cats." What type of Christian school was it? Was it Presbyterian? Like- okay. And, I mean, I guess a little fascism thrown in. A lot of fascism, some misogyny in there, too. Uh, but it was, I mean, it was a, and it was a rich kid's school. Everybody was very, very wealthy. Yeah. So, and I was wealthy, but I didn't, wasn't as wealthy as the other kids. They were super, they were like 1% wealthy, and we were just like middle class wealthy. So I thought we were poor, which was insane, because I grew up thinking we were poor, and I was so rich. So <laughs> it's just horrible, because yeah. like, I was like... <laughs> I can't have guest zippered jeans. I Mom won't buy me a pair of guest zippered. It's like any child that wants a pair of $60 jeans can 
they can go fuck themselves. <laughs> yeah. She's like, I'm going to get you the $40 jeans. And I, it's not good enough. And so, like, did your parents raise you super religious, like, going to church every yes. week? Yes. Did you, like, automatically believe it? I believed from when I was... I think I remember making a conscious, conscious choice when in second grade, when I was like, but I'd already done it before then. I was like, to my teachers, I was like, so I've already accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior into my heart. I have to do it again. How many times can I do it? Do I have to, like, I was asking him these questions. I was a very, I was a precocious child. I was, they didn't give, I read too many books. Um, Well, that's, I mean, it's good to question. And I think, like, kids probably ask the best questions when it comes to those things because it does open up like serious theological questions like okay so if you prayed the sinner's prayer I'm gonna like probably throw out some Christianese terms but like if you prayed the sinner's prayer once does that cover you for life forever (laughs) right and then if if, if then you just say Jesus I'm sorry that I yeah I I fucked my neighbor's wife I know it's in the commandments I know that's bad but uh, I'm not it, but then it, that was the thing that was when I started studying out of other religions and I started seeing the hypocrisy in the religion I grew up in particularly with the Christianity it was that that's exactly what happened is our pastor slept with a bunch of women at the church and so I like was confronted with misogyny and hypocrisy and like the entire crumbling of my belief structure all at once and I was just like oh, I can't even like and then people ask for forgiveness and you're like, but you willingly and knowingly said to people and did things that were opposite of what you were teaching. That's like even more hardcore, you know, like. Yeah, it sounds like oh. he was very manipulative. Oh, yeah, there it you. sounds like he was very manipulative. Um, and, and maybe I projected around, that onto the religion as a whole. Yeah, like around what age were you when all that happened? I was 19. Okay, and then was it like, once that happened, you just instantly dropped your beliefs, or was it? Um, it, I mean, it happened. I basically replaced my beliefs with drug use. So, like, I started. I did acid. I saw God. I was like, I high fived God. I'm cool now. We don't even need to worry about all this other shit I was doing. I was like, yeah. I'm good with the man upstairs. We're fine. Um, you know, and I started. I smoke a lot of. I smoke a lot of reefer. Um, but yeah, I didn't. I mean, I guess I became like sort of, I I mean, I guess the combination of me going like anti-Christianity would be uh, college. And then I think it really solidified when I started like going to Burning Man and I hung out with a lot of scientists that were in, um, they were in veterinary school. And so they were all like, when life ends, it's done. Like, and so I sort of, I was married to an atheist for a while. And so my, and I, so all of my re- own religious precepts just sort of gotten taken down but one by one because they were, I, I bought it hook, hook, line, and sinker. I was like, I was super into Jesus. I would like pray to him all the time. I, I tried to commit suicide when I was 17. And when I'm in like the crazy people thing after like the, the next day and I'm vomiting black stuff in the thing, they're like, why, why did you kill, try to kill yourself? And I said, cause I just want to be with Jesus. 
This is all too hard for me. High school is so difficult. And I know that when I die, I go to heaven because I wasn't a Catholic. So I wasn't taught that suicide makes you go to hell. I was like, I just want to be with Jesus because he understands me and knows me and loves me unconditionally. And high school sucks and people are awful to me and nobody accepts me except Jesus. And I try so hard. And, and the crazy thing was they let me go home that night. That's what's wrong. You know, it's yeah. like, they were like, yes, go into the care of your Christian parents. Of course you believe that you're going to heaven with Jesus. Yes, young girl, go. And yeah. I didn't, you know, like. So, I mean, I was, so in that time between being 17 and doing that and then being 19 and doing acid and seeing God and being like this and the, all this stuff happening with the pastor and just being like, everything I believed is bullshit. And Everything I believed was bullshit anyways because I thought I was poor. And I suddenly go to college and realize I am a fucking rich person. My parents are paying for me to go to college. I have no student loans. Like everything I believed was wrong. And so I was like, and then I was in this huge institution of learning and I was like, well, I better fucking learn some shit and put some shit together. Otherwise I'm just gonna be like confused and lost and not know what to do. And so I, you know, start doing theater and expressing myself and doing stuff like that. But I mean, I, I really, really believed in Jesus. Like a lot, like a lot, a lot. Yeah. (laughs) Would you say like it made you happy? Yes. I would say that the, time that I spent reading the Bible in the, in the forest with my Jesus time with like Jesus and doing Bible study and all that stuff. Uh, I would say that that was all great, except that, you know, I do jokes about it now. What I was learning was like, you know, misogyny and, <laughs> and, yeah. and sexism and racism. And, you know, it, it, I'm, but did, did I love Jesus's all loving, all, like he was great. He loved everybody, tax collectors, prostitutes. The Beatitudes are great. I'm not a big fan of the, some of the Old Testament stuff. God's kind of mean, but um, Jesus was a cool guy. He had some great philosophies and he was pretty much a socialist. So, yeah, like I think, I mean, obviously, especially like, especially with this last election, it's really coming out how far off like evangelical Christianity has become um like I'm glad that I was raised as a messianic Jew and like my parents are more like they vote democrat and stuff but they're still like socially conservative Mm. so it's weird I I have a hard time like making sense of my background because I feel like I was raised with like very evangelical ideas but then like a Jewish culture like I had my bat mitzvah and red Shabbat dinners every Friday. Holla! <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I'll still like go to Shabbat dinners or like I still have a lot of like Messianic Jewish friends. And then I was going to a church out here and I have like friends that go to church. But I just, I don't know, I've like stopped going to church. Like this is all kind of recent so, for wow. me. <laughs> I, I met a rabbi and he wouldn't shake my hand. I didn't understand until later what that was all about. Yeah. And I was like, oh, what? Because it's this funny, like, it's like, it's almost like pro-women, but it's 
kind of not. It's like women are so powerful that you can't touch them. Like they're so amazing and they could drive you and, and you're married and you have a, so you just can't even touch them. And that's like, it basically takes the onus off the man and makes it like, well, we're so amazing that they just would lose control around us. And so men have no free will or ability to govern their own decisions when they're around women. Cause they're so, it's just weird. Like it's hard for me to wrap my brain around that, but yeah. But I mean, there's stuff like that with pretty much all religions. So sure. is that just how you feel about all religions that it's just like, there shouldn't be those restrictive rules. Yeah, I mean, rules and structure. Well, that's the, and what I used to say is that if I had children, which I'm not going to, but at the time when I was married and I'd tell people like, because it's my husband was an atheist. I said, if I had children, I would raise them Jewish because then they'd have a larger community, which would be great. And I think at least at the time, I thought it was important to have an external morality other than your parents telling you and reaffirming what is right and what is wrong. And that's what I thought that the larger community can give to your kids. Because if you look at now, like TV is not a good community. Internet is not a good community. Yeah. Neighbor. I mean, what is, what do we, what do we, school leaves even pretty scary. Like everyone's shooting each other up at school. Like what is the new morality and, and who brings that down? And even with the evangelical right, we were just talking about on the last show, the guy running for Senate who his entire thing is hate speech in the Senate thing. And it's all about transgender people and how they're ruining our children. I'm like, how would we print this hate speech? And so, but some people still stand on this morality that like abortion, transgender, gay stuff is all immoral. And they're like, we're superior. It's like, that's the problem I have with religion right now is the ones that are using it in a political vein to say these people should be marginalized or we should continue to not respect these people as people. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, I think that's like the dark side of religion i'm just curious because i i keep on thinking back of what you said like you said you're really happy when you believed in jesus but yeah. then you like also tried to commit suicides so i'm like trying to sure well the thing that. was that my time spent with jesus was great because he understood me and loved me and talked to me and i prayed with him and like you know i also talked to my cats or whatever but School was difficult for me. I was always, nobody like what I know now as an adult, which hasn't helped me very much in the past, but no one likes to know it all. And as a kid, I was always, the kid was like, I know the answer. I know the answer. Like, I just wanted people to be like, yes, Pam, you're smarter than everyone else. Yeah, you are. You're really, really smart. You know how to read and no one else does. And that's impressive. And we like that. But kids in school didn't like that. And they, and I was always an outcast because I never felt like I was part of the group. I never felt, even though I was like, I became more like competitive and athletic because I wouldn't get picked for teams, but I wasn't getting picked for teams, not because I wasn't athletic, because people didn't like me. And so I was in this constant like struggle of like, like me, like me, like me. But I didn't understand that by asking people to like you, it makes them like you less. I just couldn't figure that out. I couldn't like, there was a cognitive dissonance. So I tried to be perfect and be like Jesus and be sweet and kind and all these other things. And, but it was just like, even at church, there were cliques at church and I didn't feel accepted. So Jesus was great because for like a loner kid who wants friends, talking to an invisible 33 year old guy who understands everything (laughs) is rad. You know, and I also talked, you know, I I read it, I was reading Laura Ingalls Wilder and I fucking love weird fantasy novels. And I was in 
all kinds of worlds that were more productive to me and made me happy. I think that Jesus was just a different fantasy world that I indulged in. And I read the Bible during those times and I'd pray to Jesus, show me what you need me to know, show me what you need me to see and open up my Bible and open my eyes. And they were always about sodomy. Like I couldn't get out of the <laughs> That's a joke I do. But I really yeah. did. As a kid, I really did like Bible delve and I like talk to Jesus and I'd like cry and pray and find out all these epiphanies. And But at the same time, I was also like reading other books and getting into them and it was just, you know, it, it's a cool social outlet for a loner kid. Jesus made me really happy. Yeah. No, I was, like, very similar, and I guess maybe I am still kind of similar, because, like, I think my faith is more, like, individualistic. Like, I don't know. I just don't feel comfortable at church or like I went to a Christian college. So I went to like public high school and all that. And then I started to become serious about my faith when I was 17. And so I decided to go to Biola, which wow. is a Christian college. And it's like L.A. County, but it's more Orange County. Yeah. Um, and I actually studied philosophy. there. <laughs> That's awesome. No, I literally, it was like, I was studying psychology and trying to figure out my major. And then, I don't know, I literally had the thought when I was there, I was like, the only thing that matters is the kingdom of God, which I know it might sound crazy to other people, but that's just like how I was thinking. So I was sure. like, I need to figure sure. out what I believe. And I don't know, I think I still, like my beliefs I've kept some things, but I mean, I'm just, I feel like in a lot of ways, like a completely different person than what I was then. Um, You're cherry picking though, from different philosophies and different religious backgrounds to sort of create and meld your own form yeah. of it. You're just like, it's like going through a grocery store and being like, I like this Buddhist piece over here. Yeah. I which, don't like that part of it. I don't like this, but I like this part. Yeah. Which like, if you asked me if I was doing that a few years ago, I would have gotten like super defensive and been like, no, that's like the wrong way. But I like had to come to a point where I had to realize, okay, I'm living in this world. I can't just be thinking about the kingdom of God, whatever that means. Or, but like, were you storing afterlife. up riches in the kingdom? Was it like my life on this earth is to serve so that in the kingdom of heaven, I will have this amazing life because of my, because you've done so many things here like 12 mansions in heaven kind of thing I wasn't thinking that way um I let's see how how do I phrase this I don't know I think I thought I was like a genuinely good person like deep down I wanted to help people and then like somehow like your like treasures in heaven aren't isn't necessarily like a mansion but it's like maybe being like fully actualized or like uh. self-actualized or like enlightened like basically like being like a perfect picture of Jesus or like a perfect manifestation of Jesus sure so being like fully satisfied which I don't know I guess in Buddhism it would be like enlightened but then there were certain things in my life where I realized, oh, wait, I actually am a selfish person. Oh, well, humble. I mean, that's following Jesus. You have to have humility. Like, yeah, that's the thing is realizing. I mean, that's hardest. That's hard for me. <laughs> yeah, it's humble. weird because it's like, I don't know. I started to have doubts 
when I was like 20, I want to say, or like even in my second year in college. Like, I guess, I don't know. It sounds like for you, like it was people's hypocrisy, but like for me, it was just like having very bad depression and uh. just feeling like, and I would constantly like pray about it. Sure. <laughs> kind of like, I feel like it's like, similar to people trying to pray the gay away or something sure, sure, and it sure. just like doesn't work and like right or even just feeling like okay now I'm going to therapy and like taking all these medications and praying like obsessively right and it just felt I don't know unproductive just, yeah it's hard to I mean because if you're still in the same cycle and what you're doing isn't working and you're like why why won't it yeah yeah uh I was very similar when I was younger in that I used to watch movies and I would say to myself, what is the point of this story? It has nothing to do with their relationship with Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, like I would no, watch the movie. How I would think. That's how I would think. I would watch the movie and I'd be like, what is the point of this story? Or I'd be watching something on TV and I'd be like, this is all nothing. This all means nothing because none of them have a relationship with Christ, Lord and Savior. Like yeah. that's, that was my, and no one ever questioned that or thought that I was zealot that my zealotry there was anything wrong with my zealotry they just were like good <laughs> she's a zealot she won't have sex with anybody till she's 20 it'll be fine yeah she's gonna be okay she won't be a teen mom we win <laughs> I don't know what they were I don't know what they wanted me to be yeah no I think like I have the same tendency like I would I was super serious about it and I would like pray all the time and of course like if your parents are religious and they think it's the right thing they're just like oh great you're more passionate about it but I think there is a certain point where it's like an unhealthy absolutely obsession. it's a perseveration it's like a it's a part of like depression circling thoughts that you cannot change that are negative self thoughts that are cycling perseveration that could be a form of prayer it's like why am I so depressed what is wrong with me like the script of what is wrong with me in a prayer is like basically just like self-flagellation like I suck I'm not good enough yeah like why am I not more like Jesus what's wrong with me like and all of that of course we're gonna of course you're gonna be depressed that's why I smoke so much pot is because it gets me out of like this mental perseveration that I have about what a horrible person I am. I, I feel awful about myself all the time. Like just, and I just feel like a horrible person. But I mean, how, how, how do you fix it? I try to, I try to tell jokes. I, <laughs> I, I know. Because I mean, I think I'm, back then I was, because I believed in Jesus, I was not afraid of death. But now, I'm actually afraid of death. And so I'm trying to make like every day be like the coolest, best, most fun day ever. Because like I feel, I felt then like get me on to the next life. Get me with Jesus. I am done here. And now I'm like, this is all I have. Every day has meaning. I see the beauty. I see the splendor. I see the splendor in this world. Uh, it's like stars yeah. scattered across the ground. Sorry, I'm into Westworld right now. It's like oh, my okay. philosophical. Like, I don't know. No, it's, it's just it's, it's this Dolores thing. Anyways, my my new religion is like stories and fiction 
and I think the Bible has some really great stuff in the Beatitudes about how to live your life, like really great self-help book stuff. And I think that the Old Testament has some really interesting stories. And some of them, they don't make any sense to me at all. Story of Job yeah, makes no sense. Story of Lot makes no sense to me. I'm like, so God hates some pe- people. So God can be evil too, I guess. Or he was abolishing the evil with Sodom and Gomorrah. But he like nuked, like just like we did with Hiroshima and Nagasaki, like nuked 180,000 people in a day because they're evil. Like, uh, like, it's hard for me to wrap my brain around that, that like our loving and benevolent God who would send his only son to die for our sins because we're imperfect people would be like, yeah, no, it is hard to like read Old Testament stories and think that God is loving, but I don't know. Maybe I've just been presented with too many like pro-Christian arguments, but I know that like typically biblical scholars will say, oh, well, God was being like gracious for the moral standards of that time or like the punishments would have been worse in other cultures. Mm. But then with the way that God treated Israel or the way that Israel treated its people, it was like more evolved for that time. I don't know if that's necessarily true. Um, Another problem I have is like, I feel like I need to get a PhD in like ancient or like biblical archaeology to like actually believe anything. But I'm like, I don't want to, I just don't want to do that. Aramaic, you'd have to learn like Greek and Aramaic and crazy languages. Yeah. yeah, or I think, or people say like, oh, the whole Bible is misogynistic, but then I think about, like, so my first name is Devorah. Devorah was a judge, like a woman judge. In Judges, right? Yeah. Joshua Judges Ruth. There we go. Yeah, in the book of Judges, my middle name is Yael, and that's like within the same chapter, and it's like this woman who like lures this evil guy into a tent and drives the tent stake through his head. Badass. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm, like, named after badass women, so I don't know how to make sense of that, or, like, I would say, like, if if I were to label myself as a Christian, like, I'm definitely more progressive, and I have more progressive theology, like, people would have so many debates in my college about, and it seems silly now, like, being outside of that, but just, like, debates about women and leadership. Wow. Even, like women weren't supposed to be in leadership. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Which have, is like crazy to think about. Like hope. people were debating that or there was like. But why, why, why are women viewed? Why, why are we seen as less than? I, I think it's because we are truly more powerful. We make babies. We procreate. We have the ability that men don't to love both sexes equally. You know, I think that it's easier for women to be bisexual or you know, more gender fluid, but cause you have the ability to have either a boy or a girl and you can suckle them at your boob and you can take care of them and you can feel love equally for both men and women. I totally think that. And I don't know about if men have that like physical attachment and ability. Anyway, I went, I went off kilter there for a second, but the, I'm sorry. No, that's okay. That's but, um, thought. but women, yeah, I have a joke about it. It's uh, when a man makes a decision, people follow it. When a woman makes a decision, they form a committee. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, 
I, why? Why are we? What's what? I don't get it. Because is it because of the period? It's because we get all crazy because we're bleeding. Like, I don't know. I I don't. I think everyone gets crazy for all kinds of reasons. I don't think it has to do with men. I feel or like women. if anything, like a period is useful because we know we're like, okay, it's that time of the month. Right. We're like, hey, there's a there's a marker here, so I know that if I do anything, yeah, not, if I do anything, goofballs off the rails. If I can blame it on something, can't always blame it on Jesus. Only some of the time. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, so you're really going through this crisis of faith right now of like, I would say, do I believe that stat? Do I believe what I've been taught? Do I create my own thing? If I create my own thing, does it exist? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I would say my crisis started when I was 20. So this is like a, a six year thing in the making but I feel like I'm finally giving myself permission to just say like okay it's okay if I don't believe in God or if I do like I'm finally at the age of 26 giving myself that permission which because in the past when I was having the crisis of faith I was just like I don't know if I believe in God like there's so much evil or just like the way like feeling depression like every single day just like and I was being a good person so I was like I don't understand why this would happen to me right and for a while I mean at first I wanted to do the whole job thing and be like okay well like righteous people suffer but it was like <laughs> I think you just get into a breaking point and I think like with other people who like abandon Christianity like something happens either a divorce or like maybe abuse sure or something along those lines um, but when I was first going through that crisis, I was freaking out because I was like, if I don't believe in God, I'm going to go to hell. <laughs> right, 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 right. And now I'm like, now I don't even know if I believe in an afterlife. It's like, yeah. And I also feel like I'm the type of person that's, I like to believe or like be a contrarian a little bit sure so it's weird it's like i don't I totally... believe what everyone else believes fuck that right like yeah. oh everybody loves kanye west i don't listen to kanye west <laughs> yeah so it's weird i thought like oh as i le like i was working for a religious organization and i thought like oh as i'm leaving like I, i'll just be free and not want to be religious but then i like I feel like a spiritual awakening, even though I'm hanging out mostly at dark, dingy bars all the time, <laughs> doing yeah. comedy, <laughs> and do, it's do not think, like you... clean comedy, and then like, yeah, none of my friends, no, I shouldn't say none of my friends, a lot of my friends don't like my comedy. Really? Because they don't like you doing F-bombs well, and talking about taboo situations and... Yeah, or like if I... Like, I mean, I'm only a few months in, but I would like start out like critiquing religion or Jesus. And of course, right there. They don't want to hear that. Yeah, I, I have a lot of one of, one of my first sets that I put together was all Jesus jokes, just all of it. And the thing is that people, it's a it's a small audience because I get too deep into the Bible and no one knows what I'm talking about. And so some people who are like atheists, they're like, oh yeah, Jesus, you can make fun of Jesus. But if you get too deep, they're like, we've lost you. We're, you're off the rails now. You, you're too, we don't care that much. But then if you do it to people who are religious, they're like, don't lambish my religion. Like, how dare you? So it's a very narrow audience for Jesus jokes I've found. But I still love those. I still think they're hilarious. I have a whole, I have like 10 minutes of Jesus jokes. 
I'd love to hear it sometime. Yeah, or even I'll if- do it for you at an open mic. <laughs> I'll just focus when you're there. I'll just focus on doing all Jesus stuff. I, my, I open with, I used to be a cheerleader for Christ. Or I used to be a cheerleader for God. And I say, there is only one God. Andy is the sun God. Ra, ra, ra. <laughs> and I'm like, no kidding. I was really a cheerleader for Christ. And then I have some Jesus cheers. I have a bunch. I just, it goes on and on and on. It's just all Jesus stuff. And there's just I haven't found the audience for it yet but uh, what's your you're, you haven't told any you don't have like so you can't do a bringer show because you, you're afraid to bring anybody to your show <laughs> yeah no I've had like a lot of people be like oh like I want to see your show and all this stuff and I don't know I had I actually brought some of like my church friends and then like one person got really upset but the rest <gasps> of them were all like oh we, it's all good <laughs> they're like we don't usually we don't usually curse like that but <laughs> what did you bring them to comedy college you yeah, sat down at the it was one of the showcases Kells. yeah in the basement it's nice that they redid it yeah i i wasn't there before oh, okay yeah i was there before during and after there was like tape up everywhere i used to do purple onion things there uh i used to actually book for them but then i i realized i can't book it more than this place it's just too much it was just i couldn't so I let it go. I haven't done a show there in a long, long time. So they were trying to do like open mics and shows, and but I haven't really seen anything come out of there in a while. Yeah, I've only, I mean, as far as I know, there's no open mics at Kells, but I've just performed there for the classes. Gotcha. Well, I wish them all the best in trying to make money. It's hard. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Jesus and money aren't two things that go hand in hand. (sighs) Although it's interesting because he talks... I forget the exact statistic, but he talks way more about money than he does about hell. He only really? mentions hell like a few times, but then he talks a lot about money or like paying your taxes. Mm. And I guess he was Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jews were relegated to the positions of tax collectors because no one else wanted to do it. And then that was like, and that's, and it, when you, when I read Marxism, I have a Marx book right now and it's, there's this thing on, it's, it's called on the Jewish question and it's, it's, it was written in like 1849. Germans have not liked Jews for a long time. Like it wasn't just Nazis. It goes yeah. back. I had no idea. I was like, whoa, like they're, it's the subjugated people since like the beginning of time. Yeah, I guess that's maybe like one thing that makes me think like maybe parts of the bible are true i don't or like i mean it it's hard enough to like interpret the bible so even Mm -hmm. if it is like true somehow like everything like everybody's gonna interpret it differently but i think that is like kind of a strong argument just seeing like okay if jewish people are like god's chosen it would make sense that they're like subjugated so they would constantly be humble. So they'd be humiliated at every turn. There was a, I saw a very interesting, um, it was in San Diego at one of their museums and it was all about the Bible. And it was so interesting. They had texts, they had real, like they brought in the scrolls and the, it was like the Dead Sea Scrolls and things like this in Aramaic. And one of the whole things was about translation and context. And they pulled out a verse and they said, read it this way. Here's, here's how it reads without punctuation. Here's how it reads at this punctuation. 
here's how it reads with this punctuation and like because in Aramaic there wasn't punctuation it was just words so it's really interesting to just go through and I don't remember what it was but every time you read it it was completely different based on where and if you put commas and where and if you put periods and started a new sentence it was really crazy so it's really tough to even look at the text now and say oh like what was it then and what was it in context and how do we even with um greek there's like 17 words for love or something like that and so there's brotherly love there's marital love like and they're all different words in greek but it was one it turns into love when you turn it into english or whatever so if you're looking at the king james version or the anyways i'm interested in even just translationally how the movement of the text and the knowledge would go through yeah i know i do <laughs> i'm like i feel like i'm back at bible college now <laughs> sorry i know i'm boring i'm no, back at good. bible college now <laughs> but that's but that's where you have to get to it that's what like isn't that what philosophy is about is it's it's and there isn't any more philosophy anymore. Is anyone concerned about social mores? Is anyone, you know, people are swearing on the bus in front of little kids. I'm like, can we at least stop that? Yeah. Or, you know, your phone is on really loud and you're watching porn on the bus. Could you not do that? Like, can we have some, like, maybe we don't even need morality anymore. We just need etiquette. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean... <laughs> I don't know, morality is pretty fluid, or I would say, like, relative, which I was not taught that, or, like, a lot of times, like, in a Christian context, it's like, there's just one morality, right? and, like, everybody has to follow it, and it's like, well, what do we do with different cultures, or, like, yeah, to translate the message into the context? I had really boring sex with my husband for years, because I was just too uptight, and it was all it was all of that Jesus stuff it really was I'm finally I mean I'm 43 and I'm finally like kind of coming out of my being like oh I don't have to be drunk all the time to because for a while in my 30s when I left my husband I was like I don't know how to be sexual I'm just gonna get really really wasted and then it'll just kind of come out yeah so that's not healthy either so that was sort of like my unhealthy 30s and now I'm like oh like I can it's okay to be sexual it doesn't have to be this hidden dirty thing and I know that they were like lectures about marriage and once you share the bond together then you can do crazy well you're not gonna do I, anyways it I know really uptight yeah no the culture like really affects you because it's like I still have like weird stuff about sex because it's like I had the like virginity promise ring when I was yeah. like and it's crazy to think I got that when I was like 12 or 13 it's like I'm not even thinking about sex yet or I'm barely starting to think about sex and I have to be like okay I'm saving myself for marriage and like that really like ingrained into me like oh it's evil Mm -hmm. yeah and the fear of being naked in front of people I just was like you can't have you can't have sex in front of people you can't have and I was just I, I was so shamed of my own body for so long because I was like sex is gross sex is dirty I have I, I am dirty I, I just I didn't I, I waited till I was married too somehow it just 
I, it was, yeah. I don't know. There was a lot of like, there's a, a lot of like crazy shit in my head because of, because of Jesus. And, and I wonder. Do you think it's because of Jesus though? Or like because of the culture? Cause I think it's because of the culture, but I yeah. lump them all together because you know, it, the culture was, there were so many different messages. There was nobody likes you. You're not good enough. There's, you have to be good enough. Like Jesus, there's all these rules and laws you have to do. Otherwise you won't be good enough. And even when I did them right, I still wasn't good enough. So it was like, well, how do you win? Yeah. It was a kind of a, kind of a lose, lose. Although, although when, you know, when I was singing songs to God with other people in a room, there's some something that happens there like a buzz or a something but i don't know if that's if you if if we got 50 if we got 30 people in mutiny radio and we all hummed happy birthday would i have the same feeling as if we all sang our god is an awesome god yeah (laughs) yeah no i think i mean just like gathering and community in general like can bring that feeling so like I don't think it has to like specifically be Christian music or like it's weird I think I've been like too like or I've been I've thought about this bit before but like I feel like I've just been overloaded with Christian music like in college and stuff that like I can't even listen to Chance the Rapper right now or I'm not into like the upbeat like happy Christianity I'm more into like I really like Kendrick Lamar's album but there's like a lot of Christian themes in it and it's called like the album is called Damn and it's funny like the church I was going to like the pastor talks like he'll talk about like Chance and like Kendrick Lamar and stuff wow I mean he's like who's the guy who called himself Yeezus that was Kanye West right yeah I don't know what that's about but it's it's, it's a play on Jesus (laughs) okay that he's like the king of the not the king of the Jews, but I don't know. King of Kings. He's, or yeah, he's like he's yeah, bigger than he's yeah. no longer human. I think like if I do have like a flavor of Christianity, it's more like Kendrick Lamar than Chance the Rapper. Because Chance the Rapper just talks about like, oh, like all these blessings are coming, like everything is so great. And I'm like, no, there's evil and things. Well, suck. what are the big evils that you see right now? Um that are you're like these this is what is this is what is endangering us right now are these evils just i guess just in general like racism and hatred and i think there's like even on both sides with politics people are like very intolerant of each other and just like looking for ways to hate other people intolerance yeah yeah right yeah, that's fair enough. I think I think the president's a pretty bad bad hombre. I don't yeah. I don't like him very much. I I didn't like him before because he when he's mad at somebody, he talks about how they look and he puts them down that way. Arahana Huffington is ugly both inside and out. Why would you say something like that into a news thing? Why would you do that? Like yeah. if you don't like I mean he said terrible things about a lot of women and and men. But it just seems like such a base thing to say is is to make fun or call somebody ugly or fat and say that they're just to say that their perspective is not worthwhile because of the way that they look or the size of their body is evil to me. That's terrible. That's like 
let's only listen to skinny and pretty people. Only people who are allowed to talk for us or be in any part of our government are people that look perfect. I think we've already sort of done that, though. But I don't know. Intrinsic. I Maybe Jesus believed in people's intrinsic worth as humans and rather than their monetary worth or or that we all as humans have intrinsic worth i think that's what it is that and we have to respect that in each other yeah (laughs) i mean but then how many things how how do we how can we be so easily swayed toward hate we're we're in the middle of like a freaking race war i mean it's scary i don't know if you've been on the freeway but my boyfriend keeps getting into altercations with people like yelling out their windows and scary stuff and yelling like just there was just terrible stuff we got anyway racism everywhere in the el toro just everywhere black people being mean to mexicans people yelling calling people derogatory terms for gay people anyways i've been hearing that people calling each other quote-unquote faggot on the like on the freeway like really yeah like it's like (laughs) you wouldn't think that would happen in san francisco you wouldn't think right getting off at cesar chavez and people screaming at four in the afternoon because they're in traffic like this is what you scream at people it's like intolerance and hate i don't know so does it like completely or what made you like give up a belief in an afterlife? Was it just like after that experience when you were 17, you're automatically like religion is over? Cause like for me, I don't know, like I've started to have my doubts like six years ago and it's like been a very long process. Why do I think there's not an afterlife? I think that I would like to believe that energy can't be created or destroyed and somehow my consciousness would move on but that's the weird thing about being human is that our consciousness lives inside this physical body so when the physical body dies the consciousness dies too I think that they're intertwined I mean yeah we, I, I don't want to get like formaldehyde or anything I just kind of want to like feed a tree or be put in the ocean because then I'm actually maybe I could be part of a fish because the fish eats me or whatever but the me me is gone the consciousness that is me i i don't think our consciousness is saved or downloaded in some to some huge brain with god and he's like let's because then reincarnation when he says let's take pam's consciousness again and put it into this thing but we won't have her remember we'll just put it so she's still but i'm still not alive because i don't remember that consciousness previous so it's like so i i just think that when the when the body it's kind of a it's kind of a genius little design is that our brains are pretty cool and we're a conglomeration of all of our experiences and and once and once that whatever makes our hearts go and I mean that's the worst thing about Alzheimer's is that the reason you die from Alzheimer's is that your lungs your brain forgets how to tell your lungs to breathe but that's like an automatic response like that's the way you ultimately die is either that your brain forgets how to tell your lungs to breathe or your brain forgets how to tell your heart to pump and so it just stops because it forgets um which is terrible but that's but that's the question is with alzheimer's when does your consciousness leave you are the people who are in alzheimer's are they still conscious like if they can't remember anything and if their collection of memories is, is is being and they can't remember you from one minute to the next 
do they have consciousness? I mean, in small bits, but then it's almost like the soul is gone because they have no memory of what happened before. And that's what I think gives, I think we build our own souls kind of. That's, I'm such a narcissist though. But in my narcissism, that's what I believe that we, we here we are, we're here and then try to be as cool as you can because things could be really fucked up if we weren't cool to each other like if we decided like if the power went out in San Francisco for two weeks I feel like the shit would go down yeah like people would be like having guns and fu- they no electricity no one would know how to cook there'd be no like apps there'd be you know there I feel like the world would grind to a halt and, and all of the etiquette personal etiquette that we sort of do right now in our city would just be like looting like all kinds of stuff yeah so i don't know i'd still i think i'd still try to be good but i'd be i'd be much more scared of people at that point but no so i i just i stopped believing in afterlife because i think it i think it was my atheist husband and he was a scientist and he's like dude science tells you that you die and that's it yeah i mean that's kind of a worldview though i mean i haven't really looked into like quantum physics but like quantum physics will like contradict some scientific principles or like things that people thought were absolute sure but i (laughs) i haven't like studied that enough to be like oh this is how it is or like something about two particles like doing the same thing when they're in different places i don't know string theory sliding doors multiple universes yeah Ah! i know it's all a lot to think about it's yeah it's weird because i still like i would say i still believe in god and maybe even or like i think at the very least jesus was a person (laughs) like at the very least he was a historical person i still like when I pray, I still end it like in Jesus or Yeshua's name. But like, yeah, I don't know if I believe in an afterlife. And I've I've actually never wanted to believe in an afterlife, even when huh. I was really devout, just because I was like, I don't want to live forever. Right. I don't under, like, I honestly don't understand when people say like, oh yeah, like everyone just wants to live forever. Or that's like a natural thing. Like I don't have that desire. Well, you're also young still. You're very young. You're in your 20s, so you'll see when you're in your 40s and things start happening. You'll be like, no, I want to be young again. Um, And then the wrinkles and the sadness. Uh, No, it's it's, it's good. Getting older is good. But I, I don't believe... I still might believe in God because... Look at the splendor of this world. No, it really is beautiful. Like, things are amazing. And... Um, we live in a, I mean, we live in a scary city, but also a great city where anything can happen and we can do comedy and we can talk on podcasts and we can see, go to the beach and we can, and the sunsets are beautiful. There's all kinds of beautiful things. The birds are gorgeous. Like there's all, there's a lot of wonderful things about being alive. And I have a difficulty believing that it's all just random, that there is no like master grand plan. Like even if, I mean, there is some energy that runs the universe whether we call it gravity I mean like so let's say do you believe in a higher power yeah I believe in a higher power I believe in gravity it's a higher power than I can understand eight nine point eight meters per second squared like I don't get it because we're twisting in one direction around this other thing twisting and so all of those forces together make gravity that's a higher power I don't get it I don't understand but I 
I know it exists because I'm being held to the ground. So, like, does God exist? Is God gravity? Is, like, you know, is the ever-expanding universe? Is that... How else can we explain it other than saying... I mean, it's just a term to put to it. What do you want to call it? Nature? What do you want to call it the universe? What do you want to call it God? All right, fine. Yeah. Or it's like, does God... I mean, because I always thought God was like a person, and he, had, and he, I'll use he. <laughs> like I, that's just my like patriarchal understanding, I guess. Also, I'd like to think that the world would be better if God were a woman. So sure. Yeah. I'm fine saying God is the he, but I would would just view God not necessarily as like an old man in the sky, but I just thought, okay, God is like a particular person with a particular personality. And I don't know if I believe that, but at the same time, it's like, how do we all have personalities? And then, like, if God exists and we all have personalities, how does God not have a personality? Sure. Yeah, no. That makes Where do personalities come from? Right. We are made, and they say that we were made in his image, so obviously he had a personality. Jesus had a personality. Yeah, but then was he an extrovert or an introvert? When I was reading right. the Bible, like, since I'm an extreme introvert and I wanted to feel like, oh, Jesus is like me, I would just interpret everything as like, oh, Jesus is an introvert or he's going to, like, pray by himself all the time and I want to go and be by myself all the time and, like, introverts are better. But then he'd stand up and he'd do like five loaves, two fishes kind of shit. And he'd yeah. be like, look at the Beatitudes. I'm going to tell everybody all of these amazing things. But he only had a couple of big speeches like that. He didn't do too many big speeches. He had the one with Zacchaeus in the tree. Um, but yeah, so he was a public speaker, but he was also a private guy. So th- that's the But then part. I would feel weird if I said like, oh, Jesus is an introvert because then that would make me like sound like oh i'm just superior or like introverts are superior i well sometimes they can be i mean nobody likes a know-it-all it took me a long time to learn that well i was i mean i was like that in school but i was just quiet about it <laughs> so, <laughs> so people like, just don't notice i'm like in my head i'm like i'm better than everyone else like i know the answer but and that's the thing though what if this is the thing that's always tripped my ass out is what if I really, and this is my narcissism coming out, what if I am better than everybody else? Like, there are a lot of things that I do better than most people. And what's the problem with pointing that out? Like, I'm really good with time. Like, I, I used to be a stage manager. I understand time. It's weird how good I am with time. Like, I can just tell people what time it is all the time without even looking. I can look at the sun in the sky and be like, oh, it's, it's right now I know it's almost 3 o'clock, but I'm going to say 2.57. Nope, 3.02. I'm off, but, um, I don't usually, I don't usually, I just, I kind of know time. I'm good with time. Like I'm good with managing, uh, doing a lot of multitasking. I know other people can't do getting, getting tasks done, committing to a task and getting it done. Like, and continuing to do tasks, you know, ad infinitum, like every week having this show, every week having open mics, making sure that, you know. I don't miss shows that I show up that because you know people are counting on you and if you don't anyways but I think sometimes like everyone else in San Francisco is a flaky piece of poo like and so when I do have skills where you know I show up where I'm supposed to be all the time and a lot like it makes me feel like I'm better than other people and I hate, and, but I feel like Jesus also made it like you can't ever be, you can't ever say that you're good at something because that is the opposite of humility or whatever. But then, I mean, shouldn't we recognize our own gifts? 
Yeah, no, I think... Yeah, I mean, I think we definitely should. Or, like, the Bible talks about spiritual gifts. I think all comedians are evangelists. <laughs> that's, great. that's a great line. Yeah. <laughs> that's a great line. Which doesn't mean we're automatically good. We just like to push our ideas on people. Yeah. That's what, yeah. All I, that's, you should put that in a joke somewhere. That's good. All comedians are evangelists. Just talent, just, and it's so stupid when they talk about vapid things that don't mean anything, like Tinder and like their penis. <laughs> yeah. But as much, I don't know. Like, sometimes I just need to hear, like, the dumbest thing to, like, make me laugh. And that's, like, the best thing that's happened to me in, like, weeks. So I don't think that's, like, bad. Or I don't think mediocre dick jokes are bad. (laughs) Although, I should probably try to work on my craft. (laughs) You have, do you have mediocre dick jokes, too? Who doesn't have them? Yeah, well, I just use the term, like, mediocre dick and whatever. I talk... I'm like, oh, I've done the whole fuckboy thing and it's not that great. Like, I feel like I'm on a carousel ride of mediocre dick. (laughs) (laughs) And then people are like, oh, that's a hack joke. I'm like, whatever. Well, you gotta, you know, yeah, you gotta get through, you gotta get through the hack. I, my favorite joke for my first two years, I found out was a hack joke and I used to close with it all the time and I'd always get people to clap and everything and, and it was totally a hack joke, but you learn and it's all good yeah that's what we're here for I guess this has been a lot of fun yeah do you have anything else any other ideas you want to espouse before we wrap up your evangelism um (laughs) or a Kazdan evangelist hour here on Some Call Me Tim I'm curious like what made you start comedy I was a poet I got an MFA in poetry from uh, San Francisco State and there wasn't enough stage time uh, and also, I have a quote I use, which is com- comics are poets people actually listen to because nobody wants to hear the poem about my third abortion. But the yeah. joke, uh, actually, I've only had two abortions. The third is just for comic effect. Uh, but so that's, I mean, po- I, I came from a poetry background. So I had a, it was the same thing as comedy, really. I, I memorized my poems because I, I loved my own work and I would never perform a poem without having it be memorized because if you don't put the time into your own work, how dare you, you know, expect people. Anyways, so I would perform my poetry and um, some of it was very comedic and some of it was trying to be thought provoking, but it was difficult because I'd go to open mics and, you know, people wasn't, no one wants to listen to poetry is basically, there are a few, there are a couple of people in the world that want to listen to poetry, but they are very pretentious and I didn't necessarily want to continue performing for those people. So, um, I just started writing comedy and, and just doing shit tons of open mics. So as a, as a poet, I could maybe do two open mics a week. And then I realized as a comic, I could do like 15 and that's just in San Francisco. It's not even Oakland. So I was like, Whoa. Yeah. So I moved to comedy. I was old, too. I, I didn't start till I was 36. Okay, cool. Yeah. I feel like I should end on a funny note, but... When's your... What, tell, tell people when your uh, next shows. Do you have any upcoming shows or open mics that you want to plug? Tell people about. Say, like, come see me here. Um, I'll probably be at HQ Bar on Friday. Gotcha. So that starts at, like, 730. That's in hate cool 
trying to I can never make it up there because I'm always here. Fridays, yeah. yeah. Fridays are my day here. I'll probably be doing Delirium soon. That's more yeah. show on Mondays. Yeah, crazy stuff. Yeah, make sure that you do it once the playoffs are over. There is no point in doing that show on a Monday when the when it's the Warriors are in the playoffs. Ain't nobody want to listen to jokes at all. Yeah, it's just not gonna happen. Nobody cares. They want to watch the Warrior game or the Cavs game or whoever else is on. Uh, because, but the finals are almost here, so that'll end soon, and then do delirium again, because it's just. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'll actually probably be doing, and I feel like this is relevant, like the sinning and grinning show. Oh with yeah, Zorba. Uh huh, uh huh. At the church. Yeah. With the free vegan meal, it's good. Yeah, so that's on May tenth. Oh rad! Like ne- next Thursday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh Thursday, I thought they were on Fridays. Um. No, it's on, yeah, it's next Thursday. That's fine. I didn't know he changed his day. That means I can do that show again. He used to do them on Fridays, and I was like, I can't do Friday shows. I've got too much going on here. And then Pamtastic's Comedy Yay! Clubhouse. Like June 15th? I think that's what we put you Yeah. On. I already put it on the internet. It already exists. Well, good. That's great. You're getting booked places. That's awesome. Yeah, it's fun. Yay! Learning how to be funny. <laughs> no, I feel like our reasons are a little bit similar, except mine's not poetry. Mine's just like me trying to figure shit out. Right. Do, and might as well do it on a stage in front of people. Be vulnerable. Yeah. So I do it. Yeah. You, But you've also been going to comedy college, yeah? yeah? Yeah. I've done a few rounds of that. I actually did it last year, and I don't know if you remember this, but I went to the brainwash like twice so i first met you at the brainwash like last july okay but i mean i don't expect you to remember (laughs) and i was drunk all the time that was one of the beauties of brainwash is that whenever i hosted i got free beer yeah and food but i just wouldn't eat because i felt like i was taking up too much of their money so i because i drink like I'd, i'd have like two pitchers i mean that was one of the things i miss about brainwash most was Cheap, cheap IPA and a lot of free stuff and because I they really they were really nice to people who like helped them out with stuff and I helped them out a lot so boy do I I miss that free beer oh yeah. it's hard I mean it's it's a, I think the hardest thing about comedy for me now is taking it seriously or trying to because I'm always in a bar so it already takes like you know some sort of like layer off it like an onion layer like come on Pam what are you really doing you kind of have a pastime that you you're going to be in a bar anyway so you might as well work on your craft while you're there yeah I'm just trying to be funny yeah. <laughs> I just love drinking <laughs> uh, that, well there there you go and that, that's one of the main maybe one of the main reasons I became a poet was that it was the whole Bukowski thing of like you can be drunk all the time and you put these words out and they affect people because you're so raw and you're so drunk and then you feel so badly about yourself and you're just like I'm a piece of shit and then you write poems about it and everybody's like I'm a piece of shit too and then like you feel like you've connected with your reader so yeah Uh, Jesus loved wine he did I love wine too and a challah. We should make challah together. Yes. I wanted to, my boyfriend Jonathan just had his 33rd birthday and I wanted to do a Jesus Jesus themed dinner. I wanted to do 
pearls before swine, which would be little little pearl onions wrapped in bacon and then like, you know, put on the grill. And I wanted to do five loaves, two fish, and like make five loaves of challah and then make two salmon in a salt crust, you know? So it'd be like salmon, two fish. I thought that would be cute. I was trying to make up all Jesus-y things. Wine, obviously. Um, I don't know. I, I was thinking for like the body of Christ, I'd make a, a cake in the shape of a person. <laughs> I know, it's weird. I'm a weirdo. But it'd be a fun dinner party, right? Like a Jesus-themed dinner party? No, that would be fun. Yeah. I'm down to just like have that as a party. As a party. just And everybody can come dressed as their favorite hunky Jesus. Yeah. I haven't been to the hunky Jesus thing it's on fun. Easter. Yeah. The one who won two years ago was a guy and he had a blow up Jesus doll in front of him and they were both on the cross or something and he was Jesus fucking Christ. But he was he had a toy Christ in front of him on a he won. It's yeah. it's yeah, it's a little bit. It's it's a little See, yeah. I have trouble with that because it's like I do like to go out and like drink and have fun, but then sometimes stuff like here especially goes a little too far. I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. You're like, I can't unsee that now. Yeah. That's that's how that happens to me a lot in this city. Didn't want to see that. Can't unsee it now. And even uh, Jonathan will point things out to me on the street, and I'm like, I don't, I don't need to see that. I just don't, I don't need to see it. Just put the blinders on. He went to on. Vanguard, right? Yes, he went to Vanguard for a while. Yeah, I almost went to Azusa Pacific. My brother went to Seattle Pacific University, SPU, SPU, where women get their MRS, not their BA. Yeah, I heard that about Biola a lot too. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I almost dropped out of UC San Diego to go to Azusa Pacific. When I was teaching, I was repenting as a summer camp counselor at a Christian summer camp. And um, at the end of it, I was like, if I go back to, to San Diego, I'm going to become a heathen again. And if I want to stay on this Christ-like path, I need to go to Azusa. And what ended up happening was it cost too much. And my parents were like, no. I'm like, so my brother gets to go to a Christian school and you guys pay for that. I go to a state school for UCSD. And they, they were the ones who basically talked me out of going to the Christian school because they didn't want to pay for it. Yeah, my parents tried to talk me out of it. It was kind of funny. <laughs> They're like, you should go to like Humboldt State. It's like, and I was thinking in my head, like, what? Weed. Do you want me to just, yeah. I was, Be a pothead? Uh, yeah. Sure, mom. Great. And I was just thinking in my head, like, Psh, no, I'm not going to be a pothead. I'm not going to ruin the temple of Christ by, yeah. by polluting my body in such a way. Yeah. I know smoking was a sin, too. That was so hard for me to get over. I love smoking. Yeah, I think people are finally, it's just funny because it's like one of my Christian mentors, uh, she like smokes, well, she doesn't smoke, but she like does edibles because of like sure, and CBD and stuff it's great for health stuff. reasons. Sure. And so now it's like, oh, okay, we'll consider it now or like it's only okay if you have cancer or something, but like that just. It's okay. It's one of the best antidepressants I've ever taken. It's, yeah. it's immediate. You don't have to work up a, you don't have to work up any half-life situation. Like when you get on a new antidepressant, it takes two weeks for efficacy and then you have to be on it until they tell you to get off it. And like when you're like, when's my end date? They're like, we got you now. <laughs> but with weed, it's situational. Like, oh, I have anxiety. I smoke. Oh, I'm feeling stress. Oh, I'm being a cunt face. Oh, okay. I got some perspective. Like, oh, I'm very depressed right now. And then I smoke and I'm like, okay. 
you're fine. You're fine. Like, whatever you're freaking out about is not what you think you're freaking out about. You're fine. And then I feel better. So, I don't know. I love weed. Me too. Yay. Well, we're going to smoke some. Uh, Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to Some Call Me Tim. We were going to have Justin Scales on the second half of the program, but he couldn't make it for some interesting reason uh anyways we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up thank you guys for being here for kazdan go see her do comedy all over the place in san francisco and uh support your local comedian while you're supporting things with money go to the mutiny radio website and press that donate button and uh and to the comedian on some comedian today on Facebook goes, I'm so pissed at it. And I wrote it right before you came on this lovely show. And you're such a lovely person. But he was like, so if we're a guest on your Sparkast at Spark, do we still have to donate 2 to $5? And it's like, you should always want to donate to Mutiny Radio. You should always want to, you should always want to donate to the place that like gives you stage time and helps you out and stays alive and makes podcasts. You can listen to yourself and send them to your friends. It's like, you just want everyone to do everything for you for free, huh? I was like, you got alive is difficult i'm sorry i gotta ask comedians for two bucks but we really do record things so all those guys every everyone wants something for nothing you know and they want everyone to be like jesus and work for free and be like i just love working for free (laughs) seriously but then 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 the problem is then i don't but then i start getting angry every once in a while because i'm like so i have to sacrifice my monetary goals for your dream comedian who doesn't want to pay to keep this place open like come on anyways i hate complaining about it but it's really hard to keep this place afloat and every uh month we run at a loss so please donate or send me an email at director at mutinyradio.fm if you have any idea how to monetize podcasting like give me a ring give me an email because we had 610,000 downloads in March and I have no idea how to make money on that but there should be a way to make money on that right like ostensibly that's a lot of downloads someone wants to like and we've never marketed so we're like raw you know like real underground San Francisco so hey give us some fucking money so we can stay alive and not be gentrified like the rest of the world because if this place gets gentrified it's going to be another coffee shop and we need another coffee shop in this neighborhood like like we need gang violence to come back (laughs) This used to be a gang area a couple, 10 years, 10, 12 years ago, shootings and stuff. But now babies and strollers. Ha <laughs> ha! Uh, uh, last words. That's it. You get it. You get a sigh. You get a, you get a, you get a sigh from the board going. All comedians are evangelists. That's my all, main point. All comedians are evangelists. <laughs> Uh, sweet. All right, everybody. We'll hear you. Listen to us next time on Mutiny Radio. Bye. Bye. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are you on a raft without a patter? We'll gather around me sea dogs and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of mutinyradio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. 
They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shitface McRat. <laughs> Hey everybody, listen to the Weekly Review with Roman every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. This is an unapologetically anti-capitalist program. We interview community organizers, activists, and artists. We talk about ways you can take action right now. So listen in to the Weekly Review every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. brings you visual and auditory mind control. For the best graphic design, physical merchandise, and live music promotion, go to www.subliminalsf.com and check out their hilarious t-shirts and super cool bands at clubs and bars all over the Bay Area. Subliminal SF creates amazing flyers, posters, and design for every need. So go now to www.subliminalsf.com and experience what this wonderful local business has to offer. Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.Evan. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's Underground Comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere fun. every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. (laughs) Well, hello, boys and girls. You know what a password is. That's a secret word that soldiers would use to get past the sentry and up to the front. Well, here's a password that gets you up to the front in all the right places. It's cannabis energy. It seems the faster you go, the more cannabis energy you need. So if you want to win, you have to have lots of cannabis energy. And the swellest way I know to get it is just by using Green Army Skincare. Boy, their 
are just crammed full of cannabis energy. There are more cannabis energy units in one lip balm tube than you use circling the base 10 times or when you ride your bike four miles across the city. And it's fast acting. Why, no sooner that you apply some balm to your mouth or pain areas, you practically feel the new strength in your muscles. And what's more, Green Army Skincare is a good, wholesome product. They're made with body nourishing cannabis and other natural ingredients. So go out there today and pick up some Green Army Skincare products from your local cannabis procurement center. Join thegreenarmy.com. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to invite you down to Bender's Barn Grill in the heart of the Mission District in San Francisco at 806 South Van Ness. Uh, we've got great food by our kitchen counter offer, burgers, tater tots, tachos, corn dogs, all sorts of good stuff like that. They're open from opening until 11 p.m. most days of the week, except Saturday. Every Saturday night, we've got live rock and roll, some of the best local bands in San Francisco, and touring acts as well. Come on down, 10 p.m., rock and roll, only night of the week. We have a $5 cover charge, always 5 bucks for live rock and roll. We're open from 4 p.m. until 2 a.m., Monday through Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 2 to 2. Come on down, have some drinks with us. We've got Whiskey Wednesday, Tequila Tuesday, and we've always got the Steve McQueen special. Shot of bullet bourbon and a can of California lager for 8 bucks. Come down and enjoy our patio. It's open in the afternoon, not really in the evening, but a lot of good folks hanging out back there. Come on down, give us a shout. Drop by the bar, make some friends. Thanks, folks. Bender's Bar and Grill in the heart of the Mission District, San Francisco, California. With a happy hour every Monday through Friday until 7 p.m. Don't miss it. Go to Bender's Bar. Big supporter of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2018. Yeah, it goes down. Come smoke with your boy. Grinder. Spark is San Francisco's premier cannabis dispensary with a focus on serving and educating patients for seven years. Spark is dedicated to creating the best in-store experience with its extensive menu, friendly staff, and one of the few cannabis vape lounges in San Francisco. Spark welcomes you to visit its two great locations as a medical patient or for recreational adult use in 2018. Spark is located at 1256 Mission Street between 8th and 9th and at 473 Haight Street at Fillmore. Both locations are open until 10 p.m. every night. Spark staff looks forward to serving you. Rainbow Grocery, a worker-owned and operated food cooperative located at 1745 Folsom Street in the Mission District of San Francisco. Let's hear what locals have to say about Rainbow Grocery. Their bulk section is dope AF. I love their their variety of cheese and home decor items uh, and this of unique items that you can't find anywhere else. Their cheese section is insane. 
I love Rainbow Grocery because it's the number one grocery store to shop at when you're having a potluck and need to fulfill everyone's dietary needs. They don't have meat. Rainbow Grocery Cooperative, an amazing San Francisco staple since 1975. For all your space chicken sci-fi comedy non-political humor needs, go to timstesseract.com. Read fiction about the future of San Francisco after the water wars of 2121 in Jane 6. Ask a Jedi for important life hacks. Eat flesh with the bare exoskeleton Contessa. And check your horror horoscope on Horoscopia. Updated every three parsecs. Timstesseract.com Timstesseract.com Want to be a comic? It's not as easy as we make it look, but that's because Mutiny Radio has eight hours a week of open mic stage time for all your comedy workout needs. Strain those improv muscles every Sunday from four to six at Getting Sketchy with David Stolowitz. Press out those new jokes every Monday, 6 to 8, on Joke Workshop with four-minute sets and four-minute critiques from everyone. Get positive by host Pam Benjamin. Pump those dick jokes every Thursday, 7 to 9, with True Hustle Thursdays. Hashtag THC. That's hashtag THC. You want more open mics? Fridays, 6 to 8. Happy hour with guest host and George D. Smith. Pew, pew, pew. Four open mics every week at Mutiny Radio, brother. work and take a seat at Asiento, a great place to meet friends, have delicious tapas and drinks, and relax with your neighbors. Located at Bryant and 21st Street in the Deep Mission, Kitty Corner Block from Mutiny Radio. Come and get a drink during the comedy festival and enjoy happy hour pricing all night long with your festival ticket. A great neighborhood bar. Come take a seat at Asiento. The Roxy Theater is San Francisco's favorite nonprofit art house cinema, bringing you the best, coolest, weirdest, most thought provoking movies of the past, present, and future. Hands down, there is no better way to get your film fix than at this legendary historic theater. Visit www.roxy.com. That's www.roxie.com today for showtimes and tickets. Everybody should listen to Mutiny Radio at mutinyradio.fm. It's a great place to listen to crazy things. Uh, please give it up for DJ Sasquatch Baracho, who's just We have a fantastic program of music for you this evening. How many people out there like Pins of Light? They are playing here tonight. 
they're fine, they're great. They're from Los Angeles, and they're gonna fucking melt your faces and kick your eye holes in. But I know, it sounds very aggressive. It's very aggressive. But we're, first and foremost, we're gonna kick it off with uh, somebody we're very excited about. Welcome to the stage, people, War Bison.
Thank you.
One shot of tequila, baby. Got it. This is not my show. We're at the makeout room. We got a shit ton of merch. Limited space, but man, if you guys want to come get some shit, man, we got some quality shit.
this big out room.
Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate. I never met Rob. You haven't met Rob? I've met Rob a few times, man. Really? Good people. Dude, Rob rock. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Hey everybody, listen to the Weekly Review with Roman every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. This is an unapologetically anti-capitalist program. We interview community organizers, activists, and artists. We talk about ways you can take action right now. So listen in to the Weekly Review every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. brings you visual and auditory mind control. For the best graphic design, physical merchandise, and live music promotion, go to www.subliminalsf.com and check out their hilarious t-shirts and super cool bands at clubs and bars all over the Bay Area. Subliminal SF creates amazing flyers, posters, and design for every need. So go now to www.subliminalsf.com and experience what this wonderful local business has to offer. Good evening there, my friend.